do you know Deep Thoughts by Jack Candy? That old oh, yeah. segment that was on yep. old Saturday Night Lives. Yeah, one of my favorite know. ones of one of my favorite ones of all time. It might be my favorite one of all time. Is you know, there's like a river running and there's a voiceover and the guy's like, uh, you know, ever since I've been a kid, I've always been terrified of clowns. Now that I'm adult and I look back on it, I think it must be from that time that I went to the circus and a clown killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's Sounds about cool. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Ready to do this? Let's do this. <clears throat> Good evening, good night, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, everyone? Episode one, here we are. Here we are, you guys. Uh, election night, episode one of American Horror Story Cult, season seven? Is that Season seven. Wow, that's a lot of seasons. A lot of... Uh, Man, it's pretty impressive they keep having new ideas. I mean, this one, I was thinking during this show, I mean, like, the, with the election, do you think that they knew, like, when did they know that they were going to make this one about the election? I, I guess I, I guess could go back maybe, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll read more about the origins of this, because I don't, I think, I don't know that they've given that much detail about when the real idea came into formulation, because I think originally it was going to be all election-related, and then it sounds like that just became that introductory component that we'll talk about in just a couple minutes but you gotta think that it had to be like a month or two after where they're like reflecting on everybody's kind of reaction Um, right or the writing was on the wall at least they knew that they could tap into that fear and craziness and tension that was happening in the build-up post primaries yeah the kind of the polarity and i mean the i mean on all sides the kind of constant hysterics which is something and actually i'm gonna well, go we're heading into it yeah because there's <laughs> that's i mean obviously we start right with that with the opening but okay before we begin um welcome to our new listeners welcome back to our old listeners some of you listen to our uh, preview podcast but what's the point of listening to the preview now when we're digging right into things um so if you just started with us uh for episode one uh, we welcome you um before every episode, we always like to encourage you guys to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash This American Horror Story. We try to cultivate a, kind of a community and uh, discussions and, and different cool articles we find about the show and that kind of stuff there. Um, and then also, if you would prefer, you can also shoot us an email at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com and we read through all those and we pretty much reply to everything. And a lot of times we, we love to hear new theories, um, new things you've heard, share different discussion questions and stuff on the show as well. I'd um, add in a lot before of you. We begin, are, like I was going to say, I add in a lot, a lot of our listeners end up in like the locations where people are, fi- where American Horror Stories being filmed and can g- give us a lot of leads and secrets, which has been awesome. I, I remember that happening, especially during Coven. I think we actually got a lead um, on Facebook for uh, something else that I, I will talk about at the end of this episode mm, because it didn't really have anything yes. to do with this episode, but... But yeah, some more cool insider info on uh, Facebook, I think it was. Um, We also, at the beginning, um, I always ask Chris what he's drinking, uh, because, you know, the idea of this podcast is that this is like our living room, and this is our after-show chat, we're getting a little boozy, we're uh, 
<laughs> getting happy talking about the show and, and being critical like we're in the living room with each other. So we invite you guys to do the same if you're of legal age. And, uh, and you're not driving. To come hang out. Yeah, that too. So, what are you drinking this evening? I got about half a glass full of rosé right here in theme of Ooh. this episode. Huh? Pretty good, and right? like And like a pint glass, too. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for it. I mean, she wasted two bottles this episode, so... That's true. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Manhattan. A little Manhattan to kick things off. Classy. Yeah, you know, drinking that, uh, uh, west, that uh, coastal elitist liberal drink that Kai would despise <laughs> to kick things and off. Here and, we uh, go. and yeah. So, of course, um, we always like to start by breaking down the opening sequence. Uh, and of course, this is, you know, episode one of this season. So I think there's certain specific things I'd like to talk about. First of all, the credits are back, which mm-hmm. I was very happy about. What did you think about the credit sequence? Um, so they happened obviously right after the cold open, which we don't always get. I feel like last season we got it more. I'd have to look back at my notes, but, um, this new credit sequence or title sequence was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it was, it hearkened to freak show because there was a lot of clowns and carnival imagery, but I also, um, you know, appreciated the new, uh, instruments used. So that we heard some like horns, a little patriot, patriotism, uh, that's true coming yeah. through in the music i feel like um also you know there's some weird stuff happening that i'm not sure like there's a lot of there's like dead dogs <laughs> um and there's like yeah, body yeah. parts and blood um yeah and then it ends with the pinky thing. the pinky promise with the handcuffs on it yeah which i think we're gonna um, learn there's and then, more too yeah of course we saw the bees uh which has been a lot of in a lot of the images for the promotional um side of this season but what, i thought it was cool like we'll see what it means a little bit later but it wasn't scary but it was weird like like this show does what did you think oh i i always really enjoy those i, <laughs> I think it's interesting to like look through and like depict you know break down the images like the hide mind stuff and bring the clowns back and i definitely felt like um there was a little bit of like a carnival back round to this but you're right it also had kind of the you know um star spangled uh, the flag as well. stuff happening with do you watch? On it. Have you ever watched Homeland? No, I haven't. I haven't. I heard the, it's so, good after season, or then season two or three happens and it falls off. Yeah, so nothing to do with the show itself, but talking about like the opening sequence of Homeland mm. um, is like this weird kind of, it's kind of like jazzy tones, but at the same time they like cut in like different political, um, like real footage for, or, you know, audio from like, politicians saying things throughout history and stuff like that and has kind of like it has like some kind of creepy imagery to it too i mean it's for obviously a very different tone show but it kind of the political aspect of that kind of reminded me of this a little bit um and especially going into the re-election footage that we kick off the cold open with um which in my mind it almost feels a little bit especially when you get like the camera phone footage um, of somebody like at a rally or out in the streets or something, it feels a little bit like a found footage kind of thing. Like uh, it has a little bit of horror cross over there. Yeah, I agree. We have the you know the montage of the of the scenes from the street as opposed to just straight news clips. Um, I'm glad they opened with this because if we're gonna go there, I'd rather just get in there and get it done with. Because um, we know that the season isn't really about the election, but it's the jumping off point for all the fear that's going to happen in the, in the, the narratives that we'll deal with, with these characters post-election. 
but if we're gonna do it let's get get it done in two minutes um, and I appreciated that they went with some of that cell phone style footage which is more of what we are seeing today even as it comes out with you know the the uh, Charlottesville um, footage and the uh, Antifa movement and you know all these from the street um, protests and, and battles even um, we're getting we're getting clear images of the faces of the people who are involved in these movements um, and that that was really well um, constructed for this montage as opposed to just being like Hillary said this and Donald Trump said this you know and having that back and forth we, they really paint a the and the uh, the palpable fear I think they even say in there uh, that each side is feeling and then ending with you know a divided country mm-hmm. and you know I think that that also obviously comes into play later when we see Kai kind of setting up the um, video that he's making uh, in the parking lot um, right. and I I think that we'll continue to see that uh, the kind of social media aspect and internet aspect of kind of this like viral footage basically mm-hmm. playing a role. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, I thought it was interesting kind of the, you know, we were talking a little bit about the, um, dich- I guess it's the dichotomy of emotions we get here. Uh, you know, at the beginning you have screams of joy and screams of horror, like back to back with with Kai and then with Ivy and um, Allie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I was... Right. You know, I think that it's fitting that we're talking about, you know, we're kind of establishing some themes, I feel like, for the season right away here. We're talking about divisions. We're talking about polarities. We're talking about not only country divisions, but we got, like, marital divisions. And we've got, you know, um, class divisions, as you kind of see with, you know, Kai versus the um, condescension he gets from the people on the board of the city council meeting and that kind of thing. Um Speaking specifically of Kai, his first, obviously, line is the revolution has begun. And it's a very different character from Evan Peters than we've seen in a while. I wanted to hear what your first impressions of Kai were were as a character. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously um, off his rocker a bit. Uh, Yes, he's excited. I think we learn a lot about him in that city council scene um, where one of the council members uh, kind of puts, puts Kai in check. And, uh, and we really see, obviously, in his, uh, after his speech to the council about, you know, more cops at the Jewish cemetery, um, where he stands in the country and having felt like a lot of people like him maybe emboldened now that um, Donald Trump, they're, you know, they're, this guy has given them carte blanche or more freedom to speak their mind and spew things that many people will feel offensive are offensive and um ignorant so i think i think that's like this excite him the more i thought about him the more i thought you know i don't even know if he necessarily was a trump voter he just wants to in a way have some sort of anarchy which could also be reflected early on like in the bernie bros (laughs) They were kind of like that as well. Um, the one, it's the disrupt, yeah. Ones. It's like the disrupt, disrupt the system kind of. Exactly, um, yeah. So and a lot of Bernie Bros. Anarchist a little bit, and, right? Well, and I mean, he kind of also represents that 4chan culture of people who just want to love that reference. Yeah, toss the table over, you know. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, yeah, like I said, I think, um, you know, in preview in the preview from next episode, I think you start to see maybe that even play out a little bit more. Um, right. Yeah. I wanted to note. I wanted to note something uh, so interesting. We got to see the return of Twisty um, mm-hmm. 
in in kind of this little vignette at the beginning, and we realized that, uh, and I liked how they waited to reveal John Carroll Lynch's guest star until we already saw him. So that yeah, was, that was know, cool. I liked that too. Giving it away in advance, um, but it's in the comic book, and I was thinking maybe this is you know we had read you know that. Um, Kai was going to be playing, uh, or Evan Peters was going to be playing, um, maybe some different cult leaders from the past, like Jim Jones or Charles Manson or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if maybe through, you know, like bringing these comic books to life that the kid is reading or something, that could be a device where they could revisit some of these um, urban, not urban legends even. I mean, there's stuff, you know, it's shit that really happened. But that kind would of be a, interesting. A venue in the past. And that would, that, I would kind of be into that because during the whole twisty throwback scene, um, you know, I was going through the same feelings that I had when we were watching that season, which was like, okay, there's Twisty. All right, like, okay, you know, run, fools. <laughs> Obviously, he's coming. Uh, and then I was like, okay, this is, like, kind of a cute little vignette, but, you know, we've been here before. What's the point of this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, of course, I'm like, oh, gosh, she runs right into his van uh, or, or his bus, and come on now, and... Uh, and then the comic reveal was like, oh, okay, cool. I like that. I still, at this point, after watching that, thought, well, this is just fan service, I feel like. I don't know if this has a point or not. But what you mentioned here, if this is a device that we could kind of do this time travel or go into some of these backstories of cults, that would be a cool idea. I like that. Otherwise, this whole thing, I was like, cool, but I, I don't understand what the point of this was besides establishing a fan favorite again. Well, it might be like an interesting device to explore those stories instead of just implementing flashbacks like they've done in the past, Love that, which right? sometimes yeah. can feel yeah. a little bit jarring or abrupt. This would be uh, a more smooth yeah. transition into going into those things. And also, I think that it kind of, especially if you, you know, if Kai is maybe distributing, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if maybe he starts publishing material or, or something as like a device to get more people joining his cult or something like that. And then, you know, it plays into a little bit of the political past of, you know, zines and things like that at times when um, these, you know, uh, forbidden uh, reading materials were kind of passed around in secret to recruit people to, you know, um, be a resistance in some cases or join like some right. causes of one kind or another. So I thought that was a cool aspect. I'm curious to see if they kind of go down that path with it. Right, right. I I also like after this whole sequence when um, Allie shows up and she's like, you know, what are you doing? Like a, like a boner and a, and boobs are okay to look at. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Like she immediately thinks her lo- child is looking at porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's a little young, but I don't know. Maybe I yeah. Maybe How old do you think Oz is? To, but, um, but no, she's got colrophobia. Is that how you say it? The fear of clowns? Yeah, C-O-U-L-R-O-phobia. Colophobia. Um, and actually, so this leads me into the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, Kai's monologue that he gives to the city council, he says some interesting mm. things. You know, humans mm. love fear. It's about choosing fear over freedom. People who don't get scared are the chosen ones. There's nothing more dangerous in the world than a humiliated man. He kind of says all these different things. Clearly, it felt like there was greater meaning to this maybe he, like he was giving some kind of thesis statement for what this cult was going to be i was wondering what your impressions were and if you feel like you got any kind of idea of what this cult was going to become based on uh that message yeah that's kind of the one question i was asking myself throughout the whole episode which is what is kai or what are kai's goals here you know he's got his his kickoff of going down this path which is um trump winning the election and and 
a lot of people assuming that uh, it's based off of fear. And he says fear is currency, so he is trying to instill fear because he wants power, control. He wants to be able to like direct the world in, in a way that he sees it as, and he tries to convince the council, which is a funny place to start, um, to, to take away all the security that Americans have. Um, because if you take it away and things start happening, they'll come running back to you. Uh, and you can do whatever you want. So he wants to establish that type of a power. And then by the end of the episode, not to jump too far ahead, um, we see him filming that sequence with the, I'm assuming, migrant workers or, or, or immigrant workers, I'm not sure. Um, and or illegals. Getting, yeah. yeah, or, yeah, Which exactly. Which be very relevant right now, yeah. Yeah, or, and establishing um, them as evil. Uh, some type of propaganda film so he can try to either court people to his um, cult that he's maybe creating or ultimately by the I don't know if did you see the preview for next week yeah I did see the preview for next week and it seems like yeah so, he's going to use it as a propaganda device yeah and uh, he might be you know, taking a count like like a political campaign position like he might be running for something maybe right and so I think that you make yeah um, he's using it as a device it looks like to probably stoke fear by like um, I guess the assumption is maybe he's going to frame this in a certain way like he's going to frame it that he was just a normal bystander who was attacked and he's also going to stoke fear in that particular community um, by making them mm-hmm. worried about you know um, whether it's being um, ostracized or being you know racially um, profiled racially profiled or those different kind of things um, and so it kind of does seem like you said that he's established uh, that maybe maybe he feels like he has been in a position in the past and I think this is maybe what they were hinting at that he didn't really have a voice in society but kind of through this lens that um, the election established for him he realized that you know by being by stoking fear in others but by him being fearless that is going to be the um, device, I guess, that he's able to finally have a voice and kind of gain power. So I think one of the interesting things will be if we end up finding something that he is afraid of. Because what is he's essentially saying to the council is that, like, those of us who have fear of nothing are going to be, like, you know, through evolution or whatever, are kind of the superior beings. And the fearful are the ones who are going to get, you know, um, rounded up like sheep and, and kind of... Uh, be our underlings and i think pretty clearly what we're establishing is ali is the fearful with all her different phobias and all those kind of things right and then right. he's going She's to be the fearless the... let's talk about the ali ivy oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say yeah she's got a few phobias we just only really tapped into you so far the <laughs> the uh clown one well let's go ahead and skip and like let's skip to that exact part then because that's one of the things i wanted to say is I, I think that scene in the grocery store was my, my favorite scene of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how it was shot. Um, I loved I one-handed Chaz Bono, or Chaz Bono, right, that we saw mm-hmm. yep. as the yep. checker. Um, and the pigs, I felt like that was a little bit of a throwback to Roanoke and to um, you know our past with like pigs in a horror story when they're like flash over to, like she kind of gives that disgusting look to the pork in the aisle. Um, and the kids in the mirror was creepy, but like I just thought it was a really great setting for a horror scene because it really did creep me out. And I don't know, it seems like a, a grocery store is kind of an unusual place because you could, it's normally so bright and it's normally so busy. Um, it was a little bit of a, I don't know, of a twist on on that kind of thing. Um, what did you think? 
Yeah, I wasn't as sold on it as you were. Um, you know, I, you know, as soon as she shows up and um, Chaz Bono is like puts on the "Make America Great" uh, hat, it was like okay. And then when she thinks she briefly sees one, I was like, okay, this has to be a hallucination. I was like, kind of skeptical of it going through. That being said, the way it was filmed was pretty cool. Was I scared? No. But I did like, you know, like the shaky wheel on the on the um, on the shopping cart. Um, I, I don't know, like two clowns fornicating in the produce section. I was like, all right, that's a little. I mean, that's it, it was so very. That, so that particular me. part to me felt like a throwback or an homage to The Shining. Mm-hmm. The scene where at that's the end true. they're passing the room and they look in and you see like the. Is it a bunny rat? Someone in the bunny costume who's giving the guy on the bed a blowjob? I think that's you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you're like you're you're not sure if it's a hallucination or not, right? Um, And that's I felt like that's the kind of same kind of thing that like it was prompting us to ask about Allie is like is this a hallucination or not? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I I. I did like that at both times she picked up something to throw as a weapon. It was a bottle of rosé. That was kind of funny. I think <laughs> yeah, that was Ryan kind of Murphy funny. and Brad Falchuk hate rosé, I guess. <laughs> uh, for, actually, I thought it was white Zinfandel, which I'd be like, yeah, throw that whole rack down. That's disgusting stuff. <laughs> um, but I will say the back seat of the car trip was good. And I was expecting it. I was anticipating it when she gets in the car and she calls. But the way the camera comes around the front of the car and it reminds me of um you know some of those like kind of like pg-13 horror films that uh like just in the shadows you can kind of see you can make out the silhouette of a face and then it just comes forward at the right time and i knew there was gonna be someone in the back seat and still it scared the shit out of me I was like, and oh, the lighting was, was perfect yeah i think that that's what i think i liked about this was the way it was filmed like you were saying with the wheel it was like the way that like as her nerves kind of like as she, you know she was paying mm-hmm. attention to like you know hyper anxious like the way it was filmed made you feel hyper anxious kind of and stuff like that and i appreciated those kind of things um and so this is the question i had after this was so i mean obviously there really are clowns running around in this scene was is ellie being and this is in general for this episode is ellie being gaslighted or were there have there really been clowns is she imagining clowns and now there's going to be real clowns or have there been clowns the whole time I, that's what I was going to ask at the end of this because I think we've got a few untrustworthy narrators here so we don't know what's real and what's not which is frustrating as an audience like I, I don't know who to trust in this you know even the little kid now I don't like he would be the one I would think would be seeing the correct things but I have no idea so I don't actually know if I believe that there's clowns that are showing up in the grocery store and then running away and hiding and then coming around and just trying to scare her or if clowns actually showed up at the neighbor's house at the end of the episode i don't know yeah i well, know to i've be seen fair, the show enough years that i can't i can't i don't want to make a statement on it yet i think <laughs> true I, I agree with you and you know what? i didn't even think until now that maybe the kid the vision that he shares at the end could could have been unreliable too i had always just expected that billy lord's character was lying but i guess you have a point that maybe you can't necessarily trust the kid's vision either and he could have inherited um, that mental health issues that his mom has we don't know that's true too and so uh, I don't know if we've done this in the past but defining the term gaslighting that came from a movie Mm -hmm. from I don't know remember the 1940s or 50s where uh, uh, spoiler alert essentially um, Mm -hmm. it's a movie about a woman who thinks she's going crazy but really her husband is kind of um, convincing her that she's crazy (laughs) yeah situated the whole thing and so the movie's called Gaslight I think I mean and so that's like become a term that like if you know someone's 
doing this to you. And so this would be, I guess, when I, in this sense, I'm saying maybe Kai is the one who's gaslighting her, but we don't yet really know what their relationship is other than Outside she's fearful of, and he's supposed to be fearless. And then they had the interaction where he dropped, spilled his drink on her. He slushied down um, like Glee, which is funny because that's what they did in Glee to the nerds. That's funny, yeah. I didn't even make that connection, but that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> um, let's Wrong talk about the relationship. What'd you guys all over the place? I said, let's talk about the Ellie Ivy relationship for a bit. Um, I'm liking um, um, Allison Pilsch. I think she's doing a great job as the kind of tormented wife. Right. Um, She seems like a little bit more fearless in the Kai vein, too. And you kind of hear that when. You know, in her conversation with Dr. Rudy Vincent, uh, Allie talks about how the reason that she kind of found herself after her fear after 9-11 was by, like, stealing herself so she could prove to Ivy that she was, you know, a worthwhile companion. Um, I think it's interesting because marital relationships are a recurring theme we have, it feels like, Mm -hmm. in every season. I mean, relationships in general, but particularly marriages is something, even from Murder House on, and I mean, think of the ones that get tested in this show. Yeah, they definitely get tested. Um, and I I guess um, we had some interesting, you know, there's already a lot of tension here. And, the, you know, there's tension everywhere. Interesting that in the first scene with the Changs, too, you know, the the Mr. Chang got so upset with his wife for not voting, you know. And yeah. that was, so you go look yeah. them in the face and you tell them when they can't, when their marriage doesn't, like, count anymore and their kid has to go away that you didn't vote. It's like, yeah, that, that was brutal. Yeah. Like that. But, yeah, yeah. Well, and then Ivy says to Allie that she expects more from a marriage and stuff like that. You see these seeds being planted early for conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm going to make you, a couple times here, I'm going to make you make bold predictions. Uh, Will Ivy and Allie be together by the end of the season? Will they still be together? Oh, my gosh. That's so hard to like, you know, (laughs) in this show. I I mean, I don't even know if they're... I I feel... (laughs) I don't know how many people are going to die in this show, like this time around the season, but I could see one. I could see Ivy dying probably. So, and I don't. I think, I think they've too nice of a beginning. It seems because I don't know. Allie's so messed up though. Like when she's talking to the doctor, Rudy Vincent. You know, she puts a lot of her identity in like the U.S. leadership. She's like, 9/11 really like threw her. Obviously, a lot of people happened, and but then Obama was her savior, and Ali helped her, and then now this whole Trump thing has completely thrown her again. And she puts a lot of her identity into the context of what's National going on politics, in the country. National politics, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to bode well for her. I could see her, you know, spiraling into a really dangerous mental state, especially if she's someone's gaslighting her. So well, and if I was Ivy, I'd be but... pissed too. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. have a kid that like needs attention, and it seems like she just like goes and and that kid, up, you know? that kid's gonna if that kid survives this series, he's gonna grow up and be some weird character. I'm assuming. Yeah, Allie needs to go find some catharsis on Pantsu Nation or something. Get a little bit. Of those, <laughs> she really some of those does. Out. Oh my gosh, I bet they're gonna <laughs> talk about that. That's a great. I bet they will do that. She will find. <laughs> probably out. will. She's already on Twitter when she was trying to have that dinner, and she's like, "Stop tweeting to Donald Trump." I was like, "That's funny." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the Republicans say that about him. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say about um... there, oh, shit, Ivy last... Alley. Oh yeah, that I thought. I think I think you make a good point about Ivy potentially being one that dies because it seems like they like to kill off the steady person mm-hmm. and keep like the you know um, one who's off Unhinged. a little bit. Uh, 
Longer, yeah. Um, also, I think something that's interesting that uh, Keith shared on Facebook, on our Facebook page, is that this season is not going to have, apparently, paranormal elements. It's going to be all about, you're not going to have people coming back from the dead and stuff like that, which I am very Thank much excited God. for, because we've complained about that in the past, there being no stakes. And so, being real yep. stakes is, is a big Makes deal. Scary. So, looking forward to that. Let's talk about Winter, uh, Billy Lord, her character for a second. Um, she was a little bit... She was probably my biggest problem with this episode. I was a little bit confused okay. about her motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we see at the beginning... It's not... It, did you... Did, maybe I missed this. Did it come across what her relationship is to Kai? I think they both have the same last name, so I assume they're siblings. Are they siblings? I didn't... I don't. Maybe I missed their siblings. Yeah. Is I, it like I, Anderson I or something are. like that? Because they're in the same house, so I kind of assumed that they were brother sister but also they're kind of old to be living together so i don't know yeah maybe she just came back to live with her parents well and obviously kai kind of got do they are they have parents there too or are they just sharing i didn't see any parents i just saw her go to or him come from the basement and go to her room well because like the councilman shit talked him for living in the basement or whatever but obviously i didn't know that was a stereotype but um what what confused me a little bit was like why did you know, if she was uh, working for the Hillary campaign and all this stuff, why did she so quickly submit to Kai's control for this exercise where she's going to go into the house of Ivy and Allie and, like, screw with their kid and do these different things? I think I, that's something that we're going to find out because I, I was trying to speculate on that, too. I have no idea what, um, like, deal or pact that they had. You know, we see them have the, like, as soon as we make contact or touch each other, you have to tell the truth. And he asks her really creepy questions, but whatever it is, he seems to be controlling or behind something, like some plan that they have or that, they, that they're orchestrating. I think I had kind of figured out what her motivation is with, like, the kid, but I don't, I mean... I think her role in this is if they're if they both are trying to go after a seemingly normal upper middle class um, family liberal family and kind of like rock the house. She's gonna try to turn the son into something that that the parents just like don't recognize or freak out or maybe turn him into the cult. I don't know what it's gonna be, but that I think that's her role in this so far. But I don't understand the jump from Hillary campaign Vassar, if that's the truth, um, to to trying to you know wreck havoc in a, a regular suburban home, you know, or like to create anarchy even like that's like if you supported Hillary, that seems very a, a big jump, and I, I'm I'm just unclear. We're missing a few steps in there, which I, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, and I mean, we a couple interesting things. I think she says her biggest fear is is Kai. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, maybe that's why he's. I was almost her, wondering. Yeah, I was wondering the fear. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Because he knows that, like, because she fears him the most, and that's what he's trying to get everyone to be fearful of, so they listen to him. And then maybe he already pulled that with his sister. Yeah, and we hear a couple times about like this, like inoculation. You know, the more you're exposed to something, the less you're going to mm-hmm. fear it. And maybe somehow he's convinced her that that's the way to overcome some of the fears she has in life, or something like that. It also seems like she's obviously manipulating the kid, um, maybe to make the parents think that the kid has the same clown hallucinations that his mom does, um, or maybe he really does have those. Like you said, it's hard to tell at this point, but I think it, she could also, excuse me, be in there doing some kind of manipulation. Right. 
Um, <clears throat> we already talked a little bit about the, you know, footage that Kai is taking and kind of especially seeing the, um, the preview for next episode, we can kind of see where that's leading a little bit. But one note I made is that this kind of reminded me of, um, especially seeing next episode. Do you remember that guy, James O'Keefe, who was like the, he would like do, um, vigilante journalism kind of stuff where he would like pretend yep. to be somebody else and plant a hidden camera and try to like expose things. But then it was found out that he would kind of splice together footage that was not really, um, he would basically like make shit up by yep. the way he edited and stuff like that. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean the way that this was kind of set up to, um, it seems like be exploitative is, is kind of the seed from which Kai is coming from. Although we do see this kind of stuff all the time where now, you know, talking about fake news and all that kind of stuff, you, you see these kind of things planted where it is very hard to tell, um, yeah. you know, he, what is actually something that's really happened and what is made up. Wasn't Go ahead. James O'Keefe, wasn't he the guy who put together the NPR leaked video about like liberals or something like that? Like that sounds that. familiar, and I know he did something or with he Acorn, and then there was the Planned Parent. There's the Planned Parenthood thing. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. multiple different things that he did. Yeah. I think. Um, Not a trust. Yeah, but that was report. just kind of a fleeting <laughs> thought. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so thoughts on the way this episode ended with the Changs being murdered. Um, what you know, obviously there? it felt like this was revenge for Mister Chang humiliating Kai. I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I want to hear. I guess your general thoughts on this. What do we know about the cult? What is it? I mean, I yeah. like again. Like I'm so like, I don't know who to trust so far. So I don't know if we're actually seeing clowns or if we're seeing hallucinations. If we are just seeing hallucinations, that's going to be frustrating for me for the whole season because. But the chains are obviously dead. They are dead. Like that's right. something that and, happened. Right, and they asked the detective, and he said it was like it, like it's just a you know murder suicide which is hard to believe but also maybe it's believable enough just because we saw how upset um the changs were after the election or at least mr chang was um so but also then he seemed kind of fine at the city council meeting so i i I don't know um how they actually died um if it's i i feel like the 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 show so far is still holding the cards close to their chest so we know it's not like you know i I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that ivy's actually the one that's gaslighting and she's like secretly in the cult or something i don't know or you know maybe the detective will be but there's gonna be some reveals like that along the way so it's really hard to predict right now um but i think all i know is i do believe the changs are dead (laughs) um and i don't know if i can trust the kid or winter i know i can't trust um uh, Allie either so it's really hard to pick someone to believe in this situation so far and that w- that makes it tough to watch to be honest I always like some that's true and that's yeah no that's a that's a point that you've picked up on that I hadn't thought about enough is that you know well and I that's just so interesting because that we're talking about like not knowing what the truth is and I think maybe that's an intention that we're supposed to be frustrated with is like lack of us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, truth right. is, and that's what we're seeing through, you know, what Kai's doing with the parking lot ordeal is like truth is kind of what you make it and it can be fashioned in different ways. It's like, there's not necessarily, you know, it feels like these days there's not, 
a black and white so much there's a scale what does Stephen Colbert say truthiness it's like a <laughs> yeah so do you think that the Changs Feels right. were murdered by clowns I did think the Changs were murdered by clowns I my initial impression was even that maybe the uh, Colton um, whatever Haynes the detective but maybe he was involved like maybe he's in the cult or something like that it sounds like he's going to be a recurring character to some degree so it I is interesting we'll to see a youngish detective with bleach blonde hair or like you know platinum is like that's not really a, de- a detective I mean, this isn't teen wolf <laughs> well, which that kid was actually on wasn't he yep <laughs> um what, that actually it made me think of something else but i'm going to hold this thought Ooh, okay. for a second because um, i'm going to we're going to talk about some parting thoughts for this episode okay uh first of all are you, are you afraid of clowns I'm not, like, afraid of clowns, but just because I think we saw clowns a little too much, if we, again, we weren't so heavy-handed with the clowns, I would have been okay with it. Twisty freaked me out a little bit, but he always does. Um, You know, seven clowns or six or five, however many there are, like, running around um, the supermarket, not that scary. One in the back of your car, hell yeah, that's scary. And then a few clowns coming out of a van and standing and staring at you from across the street. Yes, that's scary as well. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yes. You? I would say clowns free. Yeah, I am. I think I am afraid. Of, I don't have a clown. Pho- I don't have clown yeah, it's phobia not like or whatever it's a called. a medical condition, but... No, They're but freaking. I am definitely freaked out by clowns, yes. And I think that's why Twisty was such a good villain in, for me. So having all these people in the masks and... People in masks in general kind of freak he, me that's out. That's me, and me so too, I th- yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's partly why I've... I do feel like the the like scare factor has amped up a little bit, and I think it's part of it is like not having that supernatural element has helped in this episode. Um, what is your biggest fear? I think this is interesting because this is all this season's all about fears. Like, do you have a phobia? Do you have a specific fear that you think is like something? I'll tell you mine. I, I do not like heights. Um, mm. I they, I, I test myself or I try to test myself sometimes, and like, it always. I could never go skydiving. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, my wife, wants to go skydiving, and I was like, "You can go find someone else." Have to fun do that with your friends. Because I, I, yeah. I don't have any interest in like overcoming my fear by going skydiving. I will not do that. What um, did you when we lived in Chicago? Did you ever go to the top of Will's Tower? I did, and I went out in one of those uh, Unilever yeah. boxes where you can look down through the glass at the did street you, like, below, and that was out. horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> still gives me goosebumps. Absolutely. I don't know if I have like any severe ones. Like, of course, I'm a little afraid of heights. I don't want to, like that freaked me out. But I was like able to do it. It's hard to have a horror movie that would be about a fear of heights, though. <laughs> yeah, I do like kind of freak out a little bit thinking about if you're just dumped off in the middle of the ocean and like you're just like and you can't see anything below you and like how deep the ocean goes. That kind of creeps me out. That's scary a little bit. Yeah, open water. Open yeah. waters can be scary too. Um, I think that everybody should share their fears on our <laughs> Facebook page and the comments section of this uh, episode when we post it, um, because I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme for this season, um, and I think that we should all be aware of what our fears are and think about how it would be if we were faced like if we were faced with them like that. I don't know if you were hallucinating. I don't know if I was hallucinating that I was like. I'm about to jump out of an airplane all the time. That probably be really horrifying. So, <laughs> yeah. Interesting thing to consider. 
Um, so this episode was directed by Bradley Buecher and written by Murphy, uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. I was wondering what your thoughts were on the writing and then the directing. Um, I could tell they weren't as heavy-handed with the writing as usual, I think. But, I mean, Brian Murphy and Brad Falchuk definitely tried to sneak in as many, um, like, kind of pat-on-the-back referential issues that they remember from the election. Like, you know, I like the alley. I did like the alley. was like, I only believe it when Rachel Maddow says it. I love her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And also she says, fuck you, Nate Silver. (laughs) And then she was Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland. It was like, okay, you're just hitting every like thing like in a quick succession. Um, that reminds me also, they used the F word five times in this uh, in this episode, which I don't ever remember them using the F word. Do you remember that? Did they ever I'm drop sure the F bomb? I'm sure they have, but I don't remember it either. And I was watching the the yeah. stream through the um, FX app, and so it wasn't bleeped or anything. And so I, like, yeah. when Kai says it at the beginning, I, yeah, it like struck me for a second. Yeah. So I definitely noticed it too. Yeah, I wrote that down, and then like I wrote every time it was it was said, and I was like, oh my god! And then like it kept. I, I feel like I, I felt like it was like a PG thirteen movie where you can say it one time, um, and like that's it. But they used it five times, at least that I counted. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of f-bombs but also fairly accurate probably for the way people were reacting um what else uh, am i thinking here um directing directing was the other thing yeah um directing was good it was good solid obviously that one sequence in the in the supermarket was the strongest i think um mm-hmm. outside of that it felt solid i didn't see any issues with it i wasn't super excited but i do like the camera angles and choices for the uh the grocery store sequence what about you what do you think i thought the filming was really well done i felt like i was very aware of it in this episode sometimes in episodes of american horror story i feel like i'm more aware of it than others and uh, this was one of those where i you know with the grocery store scene and some of the other ones i felt like i was very aware of you know the camera angles especially because you have Excuse me. You have these reveals where you know, especially when like Allie's hallucinating or something like that, and things pop into the screen, or like she opens her platter at the restaurant and it's like seeping blood or something. I thought it was strategically done in a way that is kind of like, even though I knew something like that was coming when she took the that you know the trip platter off of her food. Right. It's still the fact that you can invoke a reaction of some kind. I think is is impressive. Uh, thoughts on the writing. Um, basically, I think I got to give. Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk props that, like you said, this wasn't too heavy-handed because I expected too heavy-handed, especially with the election being a theme. I thought this was going to be very uh, lecturing, <laughs> um, and maybe it will. I mean, maybe it will as we continue on. But it does, you know, aside from the way this started, this is much more a human story, and it's evolving into something that isn't just about politics, which I very much appreciate. Um, and I do feel like, you know, it, it, especially, you know, knowing their politics, it seems like it would be very easy to fall into, you know, um, parody of, you know, Trump and all that kind of stuff. And it does feel like, or, or his supporters, and it does kind of feel like we're, you know, skew, or, you know, um, satirizing in some aspects both sides but also there is like a real human element here and it's not um you know as heavy-handed as i would have expected right and moving forward i i really hope that we're kind of done with a lot of election talk and like references and we can move on to like the cult side the fear side and 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 continue with those themes as opposed to 
always having to reference back to Trump or see something. I'm okay with it occasionally, but again, one of our biggest fears was that we don't want to see too much of that because we're already inundated in our real lives with that. And this is, we want to have this, you know, be escapism uh, into, you know, this, and which the theme for this one also uh, episode was, you know, feeding fear. So let's feed these these fears that some of these people have and, and get scared and see where it takes us. Yeah, totally. Um, I do feel that was one of the pitfalls we were concerned about going in. So I think, you know, so far, so good. Yep. Uh, I will say, let's see. Um, Seeing the preview of the next episode a little bit and after watching this episode, the cult feels a little bit to me like the way it's being formed is like a fight club meets (laughs) like the strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially in, I I don't know, there's... Someone bleaches their hair. Is it Brad? Who bleaches their hair blonde in um, Fight Club? It's Brad Pitt. Is Brad, does Brad Pitt bleach his hair at the end? Yeah, because yeah, it's not it's not throughout the whole thing. It's like at the end, right? And so that's what made me think of when that detective uh, had bleach blonde hair, and then you kind of see all those guys in the living room in the preview for the next episode. That was kind of what made me think that maybe he's like somehow Fight Club. Bro down. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, Fight Club is about kind of this organization that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promotes anarchy too and like you know disrupts the system and all this stuff and that's also where the um you know calling people a snowflake thing that the alt-right adopted came from fight club too like you're not a unique snowflake kind of thing which became a derogatory term um i will say this clown scared the shit out of me Mm -hmm. uh which i think i made pretty clear but i have a bold prediction coming already and i'm going to say this in the first episode Mm -hmm. all right so let me ask you did you ask yourself a couple things why does the kid have a fascination with clowns? But not only that, um, did you think it was interesting that they made a point to say for Billy Lois' character, Winter, to ask about the parentage mm-hmm. and then they didn't reveal? Did you have... that? So you think Dandy's the dad? No. I think that... It, I mean, whatever happened to the kid that Tate had? The kid that Tate had... From season one, that they leave with the baby. Oh, that's Jessica right. Jessica Lange leaves oh with the God, kid, and he has curly that. hair. Mm-hmm. And we had heard that it would come back to that at some point. I knew, yeah, I figured that this kid was going to have a connection. Either this makes sense, because I was thinking, like, down the line, he'll be something. But his history, his parentage, is an incredibly interesting question. So you believe it could be Tate's uh, kid? Potentially, if he's adopted, and they pick him up from somewhere, and he—I uh, mean, boy, that's—and he's probably right around that age, right? Because American Horror Story started I don't know, five, he, seven years ago. He's like what seven? He seems to have a fascination with murder of some kind that can't be—I mean, oh has gosh, yet to be that's explained. Good, that's so smart. I'm totally on board with that uh, prediction. Tweet it out now so you get credit for it. <laughs> Maybe I will. Um, okay, and so. That was my final thought. Do you have any more thoughts on this episode before we give it a rating? Um, no, I'm ready to rate it. Okay. I think we should uh, what rate should it. we what should we use for this season? I think at least let's start with bottles of rosé. <laughs> That's fair for this episode. Okay, smashed bottles. <laughs> um, I if it's a half bottle, it's a smash bottle. Bottles of rosé. Mm. So I was three expecting a, a little bit more. Um, it wasn't great for me. But I'm still obviously in, and I can't wait to see next week and see where we go. Now that we've done our establishing episode, 
um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this takes us. And it looks promising from the, um, it looks like almost like a thriller, uh, like it could be like a political thriller coming forward. And I did see like, was it Mary Winningham that was the woman who stood up in the audience or in the reporter's crowd and said, you're trying to just scare everyone. And he's like, you're right, I am, or something like that in the preview. Yeah, I missed I missed whether or not that was her. And then I also know we get yeah. Billy Eichner and um, mm-hmm. the other woman we talked about in the next episode, which will be interesting right. because I feel like Billy Eichner is always a type, and I'm curious whether or not they have Yeah, him. exactly. I mean, it sounds like this will be something so what different. Do you, what do you rank it as, or rate it as? I really liked it. I hadn't. I didn't even have like the concerns about the unreliable narrator stuff until you start bringing it up. And now that you brought it up, it almost makes me like it more because of the like. <laughs> it's really not nice having like a. It. Yeah, not having the center for truth. I'm gonna give it four and a half. I'm gonna give Whoa, it four bottles and wow. smashed. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Cool. I am on board so far. That was a solid episode one. I feel drawn in. I'm ready to see what happens next week. Nice. Um, and God, man, those clowns give me the shivers and all their creepy masks. Oh, it's great. That helps. I I, um, I hope uh, we continue to get scared by them because uh, that's promising. So one thing else I also wanted to know is um, we this was our insider info is that Keith on Facebook had mentioned that he went to a Rick Springfield concert. We're talking about the uh, musician from who sang the '80s classic Jesse's Girl, mm-hmm. uh, and he dropped in that he had just been apparently filmed in an, or had just finished filming wrapped filming an episode of American Horror Story. Now this is interesting because we also uh, have heard rumors that Cher could be appearing in an mm-hmm. episode of American Horror Story. And so, I mean, obviously we've had a history. We know Stevie Nicks was in Coven and stuff like that. Is there any particular reason why musicians would be utilized specifically in this season? I th- or um, do you think it's just because they're musicians that Brian Murphy likes? I mean, if we're, if we're getting some flashbacks to some cult-era um, um, time, like, um, groups or some cults in different eras, then we could get the musicians that were in those times, I guess, like Rick Springfield um, could be around for one or two. I don't I can't remember. I'd have to look at the dates of when Jesse's girl was around and when Charles Manson or not Charles Manson, um, David Koresh was doing his stuff and, uh, Mm -hmm. and um, the Jonestown massacre also. I don't know if they're going to use that maybe, but it's also, I think as, reeks in a pleasant way of uh ryan murphy and brad falchuk just being fans and trying to get their favorite people into their like of course like he wants to get share of course uh he wanted to get cv nicks rick springfield that seems like just like like a dorky fan favorite of his that he like really liked him or something but I don't if we know. can get rick astley in an episode oh then i'll be said oh my god <laughs> rick roll everyone it's just an episode uh, that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> I would be done with awesome. that. So, that would be the scariest thing ever. <laughs> so I feel like we've already kind of talked about our episodes for our expectations for um, upcoming stuff, uh, upcoming episodes, and we talked about the preview and stuff like that. Um, we both kind of gave our, our feel for how things are going. I can't wait to see um, how things play out. Yep. Uh, Chris, where can people keep following you between now and next week? Twitter and Instagram at Chris Husted. Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? Catch me on Twitter at TJMoss11. All right, guys, as always, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. And also on uh, Gmail, you can uh, send us a message at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We hope uh, you enjoyed the episode, and we will talk to you soon. Happy hauntings. Happy hauntings.